Welcome to Date Night with Dhwani and Prem, where we talk about innocent dates gone terribly wrong, from this world and the next. This week, we have another amazing story from the subreddit r slash let's not meet. It's titled April. Over 10 years ago, I dropped out of school and moved to the Midwest to live with my boyfriend at the time. His name is Tom and I barely knew him. But I had only just turned 20 and was feeling disenchanted with my life. I was in college but had no direction and no idea what I wanted to do and had just had a falling out with my best friends leaving me with no friends either. Then I met this guy who lived halfway across the country. He was everything that she wanted as a new adult. He was charming, sweet, and everyone loved him. Now, in her mid-thirties, she recognizes a lot of things that he was doing as narcissistic behavior. He love-bombed her from the start, convinced her that she would be happier if she just left her whole life and wanted to isolate her from her family and few remaining friends. And she let him. Her family didn't take it lightly and tried their hardest to convince her not to go. But after they met him, they eased up. As it said before, he was a charmer. They ultimately resigned themselves to the fact that she was a legal adult and could do whatever she wanted in the long run, and they didn't want to risk not having a relationship with her at all. So they backed off a bit and wished her well. Almost as soon as I had moved out, his attitude changed completely. He would get mad at nothing, make me leave the room if he was in it, and didn't feel like talking. and eventually it progressed into him calling me stupid every chance he got and threatening to kick me out of the house almost monthly i knew when it was coming to he had a cycle he also convinced me that i had nowhere else to go since i had no family close by and all my friends were his friends first i was trapped i eventually fell into a pretty deep depression and just resigned myself to my new fate his behavior only got worse He started to berate me in front of other people. On one occasion, when I asked him for a cigarette when we were hanging out with some friends, he took a cigarette out of the pack and threw it across the room and said, "Bitches smoke last," and started laughing. No one else laughed, but no one else did anything either. He punched me in the stomach one day in front of his grandmother, who just said, "Oh, Tom, stop." And he laughed it off like it was nothing. He treated me like this day in and day out for almost 4 years. During the last year that I was there, he would lock me out of the bedroom and I would hear him talking to other girls. I found messages on his MySpace account. Yeah, it was a while ago. Of him talking to other girls and telling him he was going to break up with me and date them instead. One girl in particular, April, also tried to talk to me and befriend me. I didn't know the extent of their relationship and just thought she was trying to be nice to me. At the time, I had no idea of the nature of their relationship, but thought it was odd that they were so chatty online. She wanted to go out with some friends. All her friends were also his friends, and they knew them all very well, so she didn't think it was weird to go out with them. She hardly ever left the house and didn't have a cell phone and would never come to the house phone if she called. All the girls he talked to were online in messaging apps. She asked him if he wanted to go, but he said no, like she knew he would. 
So she went and had fun for the first time in what seemed like forever. Her friend, who was a guy, drank too much and couldn't drive her home. So they both slept at her sister's house. They slept completely separate and had no feelings for each other at all. And nothing did or ever would have happened. She didn't think twice about staying and didn't bother calling the house to let Tom know she wasn't coming home because he mostly didn't want her around and wouldn't have come to the phone anyway. The next morning when I got home, I turned the corner to walk down the hallway in our shotgun-shaped house. He was walking towards me with a horrible look on his face and I knew I was in trouble. He shoved me as hard as he could into the wall. I went into the bedroom and he followed me. He started yelling at me, calling me a whore and saying that he expected better of me. I sat down the edge of the bed and he stood over me still yelling. Then all of a sudden, he punched me right in the face. Just hard enough to shock me but not to leave a black eye. Something came over me at that point and I stood up and told him, don't ever touch me again and walked out. Over the course of the next few days, I packed up what little of my stuff I could gather and told him I was going to stay at my sister's back in California for a while. He thought I was coming back, but I never did. I sent his grandmother money to pack my stuff and ship it to me, and I never saw him again. But that doesn't mean the story is over. Fast forward a few months, and Sarah sees online that he's dating April, the girl from MySpace. She laughed a little at it since April was still trying to be her friend even though she had never met her and April had been talking to Tom while she was still with him. Sarah wrote her off as a nutcase and did not think too much of it. That is, until one night she got 30 text messages from an unknown number. It wasn't unknown for long since April identified herself almost immediately. She was saying that the world's worst things to her. She had been casually mentioning to online friends that April was a weirdo and that they probably deserved each other. Since it struck her as weird that she was so two-faced about being nice to her while she was sending her boyfriends at the same time nude photos, she had apparently been alerted to Sarah's comments. She wasn't at all happy about it. Among the text messages were threats of coming out to California to kill her and warn her that she fights dirty. She had gotten Sarah's number out of the phone one night and was going ballistic. She told her to stop or she was calling the cops. And that only shut her up for that one night. Every single day, Sarah would hear from her. She began dating someone new and April would add him on every social media platform and try to talk to him. She did that with everyone Sarah showed interest in publicly online. She made fake profiles to stalk her on social media and call her horrible names. When Sarah went public with what her ex had done to her and how he treated her, April lost it even more. It took me about a year after I left Tom to tell anyone what he did to me. When I finally did, most people were sympathetic and offered words of comfort. But April? She sent me a four-page long email that was filled with delusions. She wrote about how she and I were good friends and she wished we would still be. And she tried to be my friend no matter what. She wrote that I was lying about my abuse and that I didn't have battered woman syndrome. 
and that she knew that for a fact because she majored in psychology in community college she wrote that she had met all of my midwest friends and they all hated me and laughed about how stupid i was she wrote that she thought i was a closeted lesbian and that i needed therapy she also said that she was in contact with a lawyer and they were working on a harassment case against me of course none of this was true i shut my laptop after reading that letter in total shock not only did i have to deal with being treated like garbage for four whole years but now i was dealing with gaslighting from my abusive ex's new girlfriend what the hell i responded to her which i should not have and told her that she needed professional help and to stop contacting me then i wrote to my ex's email and told him to tell her to leave me alone i never heard back from him but i stopped hearing from april for a while about a year after that she started up again she made new social media profiles and would post about the same things sarah did immediately after she posted about them she bought clothes that exactly looked like sarah's she wore her hair the same way sarah worked in the art industry and all of a sudden april started posting about how art is life sarah played guitar so she posted about how she wanted to play guitar Sarah started a cooking blog and she even blogged for a few websites and she made posts about how her dad was a chef so naturally cooking was in her blood if you're wondering how Sarah knew about what she was posting it's because she always made herself known April would like and unlike her photos on Instagram she would comment on profiles she knew Sarah interacted with A few times she would message her with weird nonsense like stop stalking me when she had literally never spoken to her. People can have similar interests but one or two things are a coincidence. Having every interest in common with someone is not. And she couldn't be into the same things as Sarah. If she had a hobby or an interest, April was not only into the same things but she was the best at it. And it came naturally to her and she was not only good at it but so good that people paid her to do it i once made the mistake of telling a girl online who i didn't really know about april and saying something in passing like that girl is crazy this girl immediately told april what i said and i started receiving hate mail from people i never heard of before Friends of April came out in droves as she posted Instagram stories about how I was stalking her and I was threatening her. Her quote unquote best friend contacted me on Instagram and told me I was crazy and what I was doing was a crime and was liable and that I should expect to hear from a lawyer with a cease and desist order. I told her that if she needed my lawyer's information, I could forward it to her since I knew that there was no way I was ever in danger of legal action. About 3 months later that same best friend sent me an email that she had gotten from a blog that I ran at that time. She apologized for what she said to me and that her friend was clearly disturbed and she had no idea and was so sorry for invalidating my trauma that I had experienced with my ex. This last event was maybe 4 years ago. Sada doesn't hear much from April anymore, but that's not to say that she doesn't hear from her at all. She still posts on Twitter about how Sara abused her and how she's still lying about my experiences with Tom. Sara had never 
ever met this person and had only ever had conversations with her in passing when she would message her over a decade ago on MySpace. Not only did Sarah have to endure four years of abuse at her hands from her ex-boyfriend, Tom, but she had to deal with over 10 years of hate messages and harassment from a clearly unhinged woman who had fixated on her for some reason. She's heard from people that they are no longer together, but that hasn't stopped April for good it seems. Sarah still hears from her every once in a while. I write all this to say that if you've experienced trauma or abuse, you're not alone. And that even if certain people don't believe you and call you a liar, I believe in you. No matter who you are or my personal feelings about you, if you've been abused or assaulted, I believe you. There is never any reason to call someone a liar publicly for years. So to April, I hope that he never hurt you and that you're doing okay. I hope you get the help you need and that you're safe and comfortable. But please, let's never meet. That brings us to the end of this episode of Date Nights with Dhwani and Prem. Come back next week for another episode of Innocent Dates Gone Terribly Wrong from this world and the next. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, GeoSavan and Ghana and check out our Instagram page datenight.podcast. This is Prem. This is Thwani signing off. 